talk about the blessings of the Lord at the prayer meeting last night. If you missed the prayer meeting, wow, you missed a good time. Uh, but we're going to have a great time, really, last night, today, business meeting, everything. But this morning, uh, we welcome our guests, Brother Phil and Sister Fiona Demas. They come to us from Madison, Wisconsin, where they serve as the administrative pastors of a great church that I uh, got to go to several times growing up. Just a great, great church, great pastor, great leadership team there. And um, he has served as the Wisconsin District Youth Secretary. He was the more than seven years in that role. Uh, Sister Fiona is not only a talented musician and singer, but she's also a songwriter. And we sing at least one of her songs here at this church. And so we're like among famous people here. And make sure that you meet their kids, Josiah and Malachi. I'm already looking at them like they're going to be models. They're, they're like adorable children. And, uh, and so they are just such cuties and good spirits too, which come, I'm sure, no doubt, from mom and dad. And so we just want to welcome the man and woman of God. I believe they're both going to minister in some way, shape, or form here today. And we want them to come up and take their liberty to... At, you know, at least 4.30 or so, you know, we don't, you know, we, we can't just say, we can't just hand the mic to speakers anymore and say, take your liberty. We're like, well, take your liberty to, to a certain extent, because then we have to be out of the building. Um, but let's just stand and welcome the man and woman of God for today. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. It's been an honor to be with you folks, being in the KC area in the last, I don't know, 36 hours. How long has it been? Anyways, 48 hours. Um, and just a pleasure. I just, um, I'm moved in my spirit. It's almost like I just want to hurry up, get this message over, because I want to see what the Lord has to do. Because um, I've never been a part, I've seen services orchestrated and messages set up in such a way, but I've never been uh, in the preaching role of such a uh, such a service, and I'm so excited about that, but I just wanted to first say thank you, Pastor Gary, Sister Jackie, for your hospitality, all you folks who've met and enjoyed our time, Sister uh, Sarah, is it, babe, who, who made the baskets, um, we walked in, and uh, my sons just ran in, it was Friday night, it was about six, after eight hours of driving and stops, and and uh, Josiah, oldest, six-year-old, saw baskets, and he's like, Oh, you know, and just going through them, and there was a basket for each boy, and there's a Lego in there, and I collect Lego. Josiah also has his. He doesn't touch mine. Um, <laughs> so he was excited to get a new one for his collection, but um, he was like, how'd they get in here? It's like, wow, they come ahead of time, and, and about five minutes later, it was so sweet, he's just like, Dad, Mom, like, we're so blessed. And it was just as sweet as so, a sister Sarah. Thank you so much for putting thoughtfulness into those baskets, and thank you for um, being kind to my family this past couple of days. I'm I'm so excited to have my wife here. I told Brother Tim um, 20 years ago, I uh, found out that my roommate uh, was the, <laughs> the 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 affection, or my my future wife had the affection of. Uh, had affection for my roommate and I'm like dude bro she's 
she's this and she's that. And he's like, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, come on. Like, going down the list and just trying to convince my roommate to, like, bro, it's time, man. This is this girl's awesome. Like, you're, you're going to miss out. And and he, he got so frustrated with me. He's like, if you think she's so great, why don't you date her? And it shot me up, and I, six months, stewed on that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And six months later, finally, I asked her out. And two years later, we got married. And now, 18 years later, marriage. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with an amazing wife. And I appreciate she could be here and minister. And she's going to uh, lead us in worship. So if you would stand with, with us and um, as she sings this morning. I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. Amen. Forgive me as I do some adjustments still up here. There we go. <laughs> as I was praying about the service this morning, this song was on my heart. And um, I love when I feel the Spirit confirm something, and I feel that this morning, that God has something that he wants to do, amen. So as we worship this, this morning, I know we've already got into such a beautiful presence of the Lord that we felt, but I wonder if you could listen to the words of these songs and not just listen to them, but make them your prayer this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would everyone just close your eyes and raise your hands. Lord God, we thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity we have, God, the freedom and the liberty that we have to come into your presence, God. And I feel your spirit so strongly in this place, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, right now, God, that you would continue to move, continue to do the work that you've already started in us, God. Because I believe, God, that you have something deeper, God. That you have a next level, Lord God, that you want us to go to today, Lord Jesus. And so we're here right now, Lord, in humility, God, and in surrender, God. Believing for what you're going to do in this place right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Here as we wait, seek your face. Come and make your throne upon our praise. Here in this place, have your way. The moment that we see you, we are changed sing this chorus out. So show us your glory, yes. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall. Show us. Yes, Jesus. Let every burning heart be holy ground. We're here, and it's not by power, and it's not by might, but only by the cross we come alive. And here we're undone, overcome by heaven's love revealed before our eyes. So show us, show
Sing that one more time. Lord, show us. We want to see your glory, God. We need your glory, Jesus. God, we're hungry for you, Jesus. when we're in his presence, chains, they fall, and fear, it has to bow, here, right now, cause Jesus, you chained everything, the lives are healed, and hope is found, here, right now, Jesus, you chained We need your presence. Could you reach a little deeper right now? Show us your glory. Show us. God, we need you, Jesus. Lord, we're hungry for you, God. We're 
we're not satisfied, Jesus, with where we're at right now, God. We want to go closer, God. We want to go deeper, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. The song says, show us your glory. Show us your glory. This isn't a cry that has never been cried out to God before. When Fiona came to me and said, I, I really feel this song, I was just like, oh my God, what do you have for us? Because Moses of the Old Testament is on the mountaintop talking to God Almighty, and he says in Exodus 33:18, please show me your glory. God to see your glory, God. I need to see your glory. Amen. Keep this atmosphere of prayer and worship as we go into the word of the Lord this morning. You may be seated. What led to this moment in Moses' life? What led up to this cry to God in Exodus 24, verse 12? says, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. Verse 14, and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. This is Moses speaking. Their nation had been enslaved to the Egyptians for hundreds of years. God showed up through Moses. Crazy stuff happens. Miracles happen. And they're now on their way to the promised land as a nation, the nation of Israel. Three months into the journey and your leader just ups and heads to a mountain to talk to God. Fresh out of slavery. Fresh out of like being chased by Egyptians. And then, yeah, you saw them get destroyed with the sea. But we see like they complained after that the whole way. So obviously there was still like fear and, and worry and doubt and, in their heart. And three months into the journey, Moses is like heading up the mountain. <laughs> Hang out down here. Put yourself in their shoes. Imagine what they were thinking and feeling. Verse 18 of chapter 24, and Moses was, was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. It might be understandable that uh, in chapter 32, they, they freak out. Verse 1, it says, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come, make us gods that sh shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. So let's go back to what we've seen and been familiar with and exposed to for hundreds of years in Egypt, the, the plurality of gods and the idol worship they had. And so like, hey, Make us gods. Well, Aaron does just that. And, and check out God's reaction in chapter 33, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Just go. Verse 3, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, uh, the promised land. For, but I, I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Like, you know what? I'm done with you guys. You, yeah, you want idols? Sure, fine. You just go to the promised land. Have fun. Enjoy. 
You, you can do it all yourself. Sweet. Go for it. God's like, I'm done. That's when Moses gets alone with God. In verse 15 of chapter 33, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. God, I can't do this. Don't, if you're not going to go with me, God, don't even, we're not going any farther. Moses had talked face to face with God before. He, he was on the mountaintop with God, yet here he is saying, it's not enough. I need to see your glory. The people have turned to idols. I, I need to see your glory. And God does just that. Several decades later, the children of Israel now are at the doorstep to the promised land. Moses isn't going uh, to lead them there. That's Joshua's job now. But Moses does a recap to the next generation now that are adults and, and leading into the, the promised land. And he uh, does a high, highlight reel, so to speak, of their journey from slavery to the promised land. And uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, he reminds them about the, the blessings of their obedience to God's instructions. And, and to this group of people that were exposed to the, like I said, the idea of over 2,000 gods that the, Egyptian worshiped, the Egyptians worshipped. To the group of people that were now going into the promised land where the inhabitants there also uh, set up idols for worship. To that group, Moses says this in Deuteronomy 7, verse 25 through 26. You must burn their idols in fire. You must not covet the silver or gold that covers them. You must not take it or it will become a trap to you. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do, do not bring any detestable objects into your home, for, they, uh, for then you will be destroyed. Just like them, you must utterly detest such things, for they are set apart for destruction. And I want to speak on this subject this morning, uncovering idols. Uncovering idols. My, my parents were missionaries. Uh, for over 40 plus years, and, and, and so I was born in the country of Greece um, and, uh, and lived there until I was about 10 years old, and we transitioned to Germany later and uh, came home in my junior year to the States, but um, the traditional religion in Greece is the Greek Orthodox uh, Church, and uh, I can still see that neighborhood church there in Kephisia, which is a suburb of Athens, Greece, and my dad took us there one day. Don't know why. He was... At lunch, when I called him, I forgot to call him earlier, and I was going to say, why did you take us there? He probably doesn't remember taking us, but he took us there. I don't know if it was Easter. I don't know. It was a, basically a field trip, not, not to try to convert us, and he was giving up on the apostolic truth. No, no, no. It wasn't that. Uh, he took us there, and I, I'll never forget walking in and, and uh, packed crowd, so it must have been a Easter-type service because they don't go to church except Easter, Christmas, those types of things, and, and here's the priest with the big censer, which is the gold kind of thing that they put the incense in and they wave it around and incense and smoke goes everywhere just like and you know I'm eight nine years old and I'm just like oh this is crazy like what in the world's going on and and then my eyes go over here against the wall and I see this artwork what seemed like artwork painting uh, some sort of, uh, depicted a saint or the Virgin Mary or, or someone like that and, and as we walk closer again eight nine year old I realized there's lip prints all over that. That's disgusting. Some grandma had red lipstick on that day. 
oh my word, someone's got some big lips in this church. <laughs> my curiosity turned into eight-year-old disgust <laughs> through the COVID lens of 2022, yeah. <laughs> That's a nightmare. I'm wondering what they're doing now. Show, show the picture of the icon. This one is in the center. They have it on the face, but you see this gal uh, kissing it, and that's what they would do. It, it, it was uh, pieces of art were uh, called icons, and, and folks would kiss them to show their devotion to that particular saint or whomever it depicted. Now, most of us have never been exposed to that kind of idol worship. Uh, worship. In, in the United States, we typically don't worship statues or a picture of things that are physically physical representation of gods. Um, the concept of constructing a golden calf like Aaron uh, did in Scripture do, doesn't compute uh, in, in our culture and society. Well, show, show the next picture. Apparently, southwestern Wisconsinites, <laughs> I stopped at a truck stop, literally, like, and I... That was my first confirmation that, like, and it's hilarious, but I'm like, okay, God, like, w the odds of us stopping at this particular one. So I don't know what's going on in southwest Wisconsin. <laughs> we just need to pray for them. Um, but that, we're not familiar with that concept. Uh, uh, when Moses said, don't bring these idols into your homes, it, it was self-explanatory to them. But in our society and culture, we have to uncover the idols in our lives. Yes, an idol is a physical representation or a symbol of an object of worship or something we can physically touch. But what about the other definition of an idol that are out there? An object of extreme devotion. Or for the sake of today, more specifically for our church world, I would say anything that takes a higher priority than God in our lives. We have to ask ourselves, is there anything in my life that I put more energy and resources into that, than I put into my relationship with God. That question takes some serious self-examination, and I would encourage you not to just take this service and be done with it, but explore your life this week. Make that your focus this week. Challenge. Maybe you have a weekly challenge. I'm sorry, Pastor, but make that your challenge. No. <laughs> Self-examine your, examine yourselves. That, that takes a lot of... Why? Because... They're difficult to recognize. We have to dig deep to answer that for ourselves. I can't tell you what the idol may be in your life. Because idols are typically covered in the natural with silver or gold. I think this is a, a statue of Buddha. And, and so super ornate, super, they look valuable. They don't look harmful. They appear pleasant to the eye. And there are many things that we face week to week that aren't sins. They're not wicked. They're not evil, yet with the wrong emphasis can be an idol in our lives. And so it's difficult to identify them and uncover them. You know, it's media consumption. How long do you just, is this your action, that you got like buff thumbs, young people especially? <laughs> Mindlessly scrolling sometimes. Or watching, or last night, my poor son, we, we have, we have uh, video game systems, an old Wii, yes, and a PS2, amazing. Um, yeah, they're up to five now. But um, my son's never played a, PS, P, a PlayStation, um, just because I don't think I have a game that he would like. It's all like my old like Medal of Honor games. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get it. Um, 
So my poor kid goes over to the Dornbach's house, and Ty's like, you want to play 2K? And he's like, yeah. And he got crushed because he's like, he's pushing the R2s like, to, to walk. And we're like, walk up the floor, like, and just use the he's never He's never used it. But some of, some of us are experts. We spend hours. And maybe your justification is, well, I'm going to become a professional gamer someday. That's how I'm going to earn money. Cool, cool. It's probably like the NFL. There's like, you know, 0.0000001% chance you might. Um, but media consumption, whatever that media is, there's a lot of media. I'm picking on video gamers, um, phones, movies, the newspaper. Could be. I saw a newspaper the other day. It was pretty cool. I was like, oh. <laughs> Haven't picked one off the head in a while. <laughs> but relationships can be idols. Again, again, it's it's not bad to to consume media. It, it's seemingly not a. What's the problem? I mean, if you're you're playing horrible games, you know, yes, okay, that's obvious. But 2K, what what's the problem? Well, it, it's the emphasis. Relationships. I, I'm, thank God I have a wife, because thank you should be thankful she's here because she'll just like I'm gonna ignore her because but she keeps me in line when I preach. <laughs> I get too jokey because I'm nervous or whatever. And, you know, so relationships are not a bad thing. But some have such a fixation on a girlfriend or boyfriend, on having a spouse, on, someone just said, right, preach. I heard that, like, well, now, someone's feeling the spirit. Let us speak to you. Let us speak to you. Amen. <laughs> but even as parents, our kids can be idols. What? They can't. They can be idols. Our jobs, we should work. We should have a job. The Bible talks about that. Don't be lazy. Don't be hanging around playing 20 hours of PlayStation. Sorry, I'm picking on any gamers out there. But we should work. But that can become an idol in our lives. We have a very, our, our church is very blue collar. We have a, a lot of tradesmen, a lot of self-starters, and, they, and they, a lot of um, uh, own your own business type folks and starting business. And, and, and what we've seen sometimes is folks get blessed because they come into the church. They, they, they give their lives to Jesus, and, and they start a business, and God blesses because they're giving, and it grows and grows and grows, and soon it's like, Oh, okay, yeah, Wednesday night, like, you know, I'm just going to finish up this job. Yeah, this is just going to be this one time. And, and again, I understand that one, but then it becomes a casualness. Like, well, yeah, I'll take that bid. I'm so swamped. The only time I could do Wednesday. And, and then they have started to backtrack in their relationship with God because it became so all-consuming. Again, a job is an important thing. We need to support our families, but it can become an idol. Our hobbies uh, can become idols. I, I mentioned uh, mentioned this to, to Pastor Gary, but I, I started a YouTube channel last year in January. I didn't pray about it. I just started it. Like, I want to see if I can make, you know, some a side hustle. And, and you, you know, there's Lego guys out there that are super lame. I could be at least better than them. <laughs> well, obviously, I wasn't looking very hard because I found some really amazing YouTubers. Um, but I did it for a whole year. Spent hours. Video editing is so time-consuming. And hours and hours, and, and as I was praying for this year and talking to the Lord, I'm just, I, I was kind of burnt out with it, but then 
God's like, yeah, you didn't talk to me about this before you started that. I got 269 subscribers. If you want to subscribe, you can. Um, but there, there's no new content. Maybe I'll add one every month or something. I don't know. I, I, I got to figure that out. But it, I'm not saying it was an idol. I have to explore that more with God. But it, it became all-consuming. Every, every, all the things. Um, our bishop at, in Madison, he has a term called Bible junkies. Well, the Bible's great. Yeah, the Bible is necessary for our lives. But we can get so ingrained into, thank God for these, our, our regional conference you're having next week. I encourage you to go to the camp meeting. And, 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 but there are so many conferences, and there are people that get stuck into conference mode. And all they do is seek, well, i got to go to hear the speaker, and he's my favorite, so I'm going to go every single one. And they travel around and, and, and become so spiritually minded, they're no earthly good. They won't talk to their neighbor and reach out and say, hey, I know the Jesus who could solve all your problems. They're like, hey, i got to go to conference because i got to hear more word of God. And it can become an idol in their lives. And that sounds crazy, but it can be. Bible junkies. Traditions. Well, we've always done it this way. It's what we've always done. And this is what we're going to do. And we're, we, have, we have Sunday morning service. That's what we do. Well, now we've got to go to Sunday afternoons. It's like, I don't know. You're all here, so you're happy. <laughs> I don't know if there's any folks that are just dying because it's 2 p.m. now. I, that's not when church is. And it can become our traditions and how we've always done things. And what we've always, we become so steadfast and becomes an idol in our lives. 2 Corinthians 13.5 in the Amplified says, Test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Test and evaluate yourself. You must submit these areas to God. Ask him to show you show us whether it's gotten into the danger zone. Sit down with Pastor Gary, Pastor Foster. Sorry, I gave you guys more work. Um, sit down with them, an elder in, in your life, a mentor, and say, okay, I don't know if it, this is becoming an idol, but let me lay it out before you. Is it? And get some fresh eyes at it because they may just say, well, you know, no, you're doing great. You know? And again, it it's, can be difficult to uncover. To uncover idols, we need to identify them. Our scripture in Deuteronomy 7 said, you must not covet the silver or gold that covers them. And as I read that scripture, um, it, it got me thinking, idols look good, but what's underneath the surface? What's our, what's our motivation? To uncover idols, we must see beyond the surface. And, and really that can very much help us to identify whether it's an idol in our life or not. What's our motivation? What's the reason we pour ourselves into something or someone? Isaiah 2.8 says, their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. Idols are man's attempts to solve their own problems, to fill a need. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. You, you need something tangible. The, the children of Israel said, we don't know what happened to Moses. He's taken longer. Um, and you can hear the fear in them. So, so make us an idol because uh, at least we see something and we can touch something and worship that. And so they made it with their own hands. And, and God asked us to trust him and have faith in him in, in the unseen sometimes. Not, uh, so maybe our motivation is that we need to be in control because our lives are not in control. So I am going to control this one area. This is something I can do and control, so I'm going to build an idol in this area. Maybe you're bored or lazy, and that's why 
you have an idol in your life. You don't want to work. You don't want to do this. And so I'm just going to flip, going to flip, going to flip. Maybe it's such a desire to fit in that you have an idol in your life. I'm going to do these things because I, I just want to be accepted. We want to feel valued. And a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, that's going to solve that problem. And it's something I can do. So I'm going to get that, that, that relationship in my life. We're trying to prove something that we can handle it. On, on the way down here, um, there's a new animated movie out. My kids haven't seen it, but they like the music. And so we were listening in the van pumping down I-80 in Iowa, really flat and boring. And there's a song called Surface Pressure. Um, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. And uh, it, it was an interesting concept because, I, I, again, I still have to explore, but it got to me. It's about a, a, a girl who has amazing strength. And speaking to the, the insecurity, they're like, I have to be strong for my family. If I don't handle it, the family's going to fall apart. And it's talking about surface pressure, and it's just drip, 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 she'll never stop, whatever the words are, I forget. And, it, and it's like this desire to prove yourself, this desire to prove something, that I can do this. I'm going to take it on. Yeah, I'm killing myself, but I'm going to take it on. That can, be, that can be the motivation behind an idol, the, the challenges uh, that we can do things through our own efforts. We can, at least for a season. And so it seems like, yeah, this is solving things. Yeah, I got the girlfriend, and yeah, I feel good and, and, and feel valuable in the, in the moment. But we can avoid the core issues, though, in our lives and create an idol with our own hands. But eventually, someday, one day, the facade will crumble. Why? Because you've never dealt with the issue that you're motivated to, tr to, to cover up, so to speak. We'll realize that we never dealt with it. I want to reiterate, I, I can't tell you what is an idol in your life. You have to uncover those idols, and it takes work. Because why? Motivations, those touch core issues. And, and we tend to be like, yeah, that room, everything else, God, I give to you. But that issue, no, that's my door I lock. And I'm not going to let you in, God. And, and it, it can be painful. It, it can be trying. It, it can be emotionally exhausting to open up that door and let God in. But what do we do? We, we cover it up with an idol. It can be our motivation. I, I, um, looking under the surface, that's going to help us uncover idols. On that faithful, fateful day at the base of Mount Sinai, a, a golden calf was built. An idol was constructed and worshipped, but... It was not a story that ended uh, without correction. There was an impact. There was an impact on the people that day. It led to 3,000 people dying to God's judgment that day. Why? Because they built a golden calf. Out of fear, whatever the motivation was. As we are uncovering idols in our lives and assessing the motivations in our lives, the final step in uncovering the idols would be to assess the impact it is having or could potentially have. Idols can impact our families or loved ones. 2 Kings 20, 21, 19 through 22. This is so sad to read. Amon was 22 years old when he became king. Verse 20, and he, and he did evil in the sight 
of the Lord as his father had done. Verse 21, so he walked in all the ways that his father had walked, and he served the idols that his father had served and worshiped them. He forsook the Lord God of his fathers and, and did not walk in the way of the Lord. It's challenge, scripture challenges me so much, so deeply as a dad of a two and a six-year-old. Because I know I was a youth pastor for many years, and I know 15, 16 is typically too late to try to change things. And so I'm analyzing myself at two and six. Am I doing anything now that's setting themselves up? And it kills me like, you know, I'm sitting there and just scroll, mindlessly scrolling because I feel like I deserve a break. And they're like, oh, and they come up like, can I watch something? And it's like, what am I pouring my, into my kid? Because they see dad doing it. And I'm like, and that, I'm, I'm just being transparent here. That's, that's difficult. The most gut-wrenching part of being a youth pastor was to see decisions that parents made that affected the destination of their of their kids. It, idols impact our families. We need to, before we allow idols to consume our lives, we have to count the cost. And often it's the ones that are closest with them. Who, who was the guy in Jericho that took it? It was, a, I think, Achan. He, he took the, the garments, some coins, and they were supposed to destroy everything. He hid it in his tent. They got defeated and realized, hey, so, someone didn't follow the rules. They took something that just wanted and what was the result? You wish it was just Achan who died. Like, okay. But it's like, nope. Took him, his wife, his kids. Why? Okay, God doesn't operate. It's a different dispensation now. He's not going <laughs> to, thank God. He doesn't just, you know, wipe us out. But it, it could lead us to eternal damnation if we're not careful. It can impact our families. Idols can impact our health. It can impact our future. Young people, you know, it's hard as a young person. Again, I was a youth pastor many, many years. And to see beyond today, it, it is. But I want to challenge you to, because God, God has a direction for your life. He has plans. But you'll never fulfill the call of God to be a missionary if you don't start acting like a missionary now. Missionaries pray. They read their Bible. And so if you're feeling a tug on your heart, and maybe it's a, uh, to be a Sunday school teacher. You know what? The, the best Sunday school teachers are those who are soaked in the Word of God. Yeah, they're teaching four- and five-year-olds, but, man, you can teach a kid, and they, they grasp, grasp things at an early age. And a, an anointed Sunday school teacher is, is an amazing part of a church, necessary. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the missionary. But God may have that in your path, but you'll never fulfill that. If we don't uncover the idols in our lives. And of course, idols not can, but they will impact our relationship with God. Slow fade. I think there's a song called The Slow Fade. Just walking away one step away from God at a time. We may not even see it. Well, this, that's why this message is such an important thought in our minds that we need to, to grasp. Of uncovering idols by identifying them, looking under the surface to the motivation that drives them in our lives, and by identifying the impact, by counting the cost. If we've uncovered our lives, uh, idols in our lives, what do we do? We have to cry out like Moses, God, show me your glory. There's an idol that has been built. God, I, I got to have 
you, Lord. Take my traditions. Take my fear. Take my attempts to control my life. Take my need for the tangible. Take my desire to prove myself. Take my insecurities. Take my desire to fit in. Show me your glory. We need an Exodus 33, 15 spirit to overtake us. If your presence does not go with us, don't even bring us up from here. God, I, I can't go on in life. We have a, a dear sister in our church who's got the 50, 50s. Way too young. She was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago and has been doing well and out of the blues started having symptoms and uh, they found cancer in her brain uh, just a week and a half ago two weeks ago on radiation and I don't know the um, the prognosis or the, the, the timeline so to speak but dear friend of mine who's elderly kind of was a mom to me in Iowa, the Flemings. Uh, they found brain and nerve cancer, and it literally was weeks. Visited with her, and then three weeks later, she passed. And so in those kind of situations where you absolutely have no choice but to look to God, because there, there's no answer. Radiation is not going to fix it. It's going to help the symptoms. going to, you know, quell the pain that she's in. But we need a miracle. She needs a miracle. And it's easy to say, okay, God, show us your glory. Show us your glory. But, but what about the simple things in our lives, the cancers that are eating at our souls that we don't even see? And you know, the only way we do that is to consistently get on our knees and cry out to God, show me your glory. Moses came down. God said, I can't show you my full glory because it will kill you. But I'll let you see part of me. I'll pass by and you can see the back of me. And, and he did that on Mount Sinai. And he came down and everyone knew that he had been with God and seen the glory. Why? Because his face shone. Now that would be super cool. <laughs> Probably won't happen. I, I, I mean, maybe some of you are really more spiritual than I and would see that happen. That would be awesome. I would love to. Please take a video if that ever happened. I would love to see it. But when God shows us his glories, glory, our lives will be changed. Sister Jackie mentioned Kim Haney's thing and fitting everything in, that song we're about to sing again, if you would stand with me. It's almost a, a decoration. It doesn't say chains will fall. It's almost like the writer wrote it, chains fall. I'm going to speak to those chains. Fear, bow. I'm going to speak to that. Lives, be healed. You, you want healing for that room in there? None of us can help. None of us can heal you. We can walk with you. We can be with you. We can support you. But it's the glory of God, his power in your life that is going to bring healing. And it may take time. Some of it may be instant. But there are some that are such deep wounds and hurts and pains. Well, you know where it's found? It's found in the glory of God. In Jesus' name. First song we sung today, Let There Be Freedom. 
God's speaking to someone today. But whatever the motivation is, just might be an idol in your life that he's wanted to expose, he's wanting to uncover, and that's not a bad thing. That's just saying, okay, God, yeah, I got to give it to you. I'm done trying to cover up and build something with my own hands and prove myself, all the motivations. And God's just wanting to just come down to this front. I'm sure it's the same custom as our church. You come to the front, have an opportunity to talk to the Lord. I would encourage you. If there's something in your life that you've thought of, and sometimes we, we want it to be called out. I believe there was a, an idol that I, I, a topic I never mentioned. And you've been sitting there waiting for it to be called out. Well, it's not going to be. But you have called it out in your own spirit. And you know what it is. And God is calling you to uncover it. Lay it down. What's the motivation? See the impact and count the cost and say, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving it to you. So as we begin to sing again this song, find a place to pray. Come to the front. If you feel more comfortable in your seat, kneel down before the Lord. And let that be your cry tonight to show us. Show us your glory. Show us God. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. I've got to have I'm going to leave and we fall down. Fall down before you, God. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show Show us your glory. 